to episode 19 of Head of a Codfish, the podcast where we talk to modern working families about how they manage the dual responsibilities of career and family. So where have the last six months gone? I feel like half of this podcast is me apologising for delays in releasing episodes. You may or may not remember, but in the last episode I talked about how I had started full-time work and how it was making life much busier. So on top of full-time work, I decided to do some study, which unfortunately killed the sliver of time I had for podcasting. That went on for a few months. Then I found myself a part-time contract. So I'm still working and studying, but have also managed to squeeze editing this episode in there. My study will be finished next month, so things will change again within a few weeks. So while I'm talking about the time it takes to create a podcast... I thought I'd give you a bit of an insight into the background workings here at the Codfish headquarters and maybe offer a bit of an explanation of why it can take me a long time to release an episode. Most of the podcasts you listen to are created by a team of people where there are hosts, producers, researchers, artists, digital content creators and sound engineers. I just looked up a random ABC podcast and it listed nine people in the credits Another popular ABC podcast will have producers that pre-interview guests for several hours before the host conducts the actual interview. With Head of a Codfish, the credits include only one name. So instead of recording an episode and mailing it off to be edited and processed and returned a couple days later, which many podcasters do, my editor is much less reliable and can take weeks to complete her editing. Maybe I should think about giving her the sack. Anyway, this is not meant as a complaint, but maybe more of an explainer about the differences in podcasts and how they are created and how a team has a greater capacity to create episodes quickly. So on to this episode's interview. First up, I have to say, Abby was a total champion from start to finish. First, she volunteered to be on the podcast, which I really, really appreciate. Although it may not be obvious while I'm broadcasting myself to the corners of the earth, I am a card-carrying introvert, and so approaching people to be on the podcast is something I find really hard. Anyone who volunteers to be on is very much appreciated. Secondly, we recorded this interview several months ago, and when I sat down to listen and edit the recording weeks later, I noticed that the file hadn't saved and I had nothing, not a single word, recorded. So Abby was very kind, and we did a repeat interview. So here is my interview with Abby. Okay, so let's start with a very important question for any working parent. On a scale of newborn to teenager, how much sleep are you getting at the moment? Enough, and certainly the children aren't interfering with my sleep. Yep. It's more my own busy head. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's a problem yeah. than waking children. So yep. um, they're old enough and they sleep pretty well. So Yeah, yeah. Getting a good night's sleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so can you tell me about the members of your family and how they are occupied with work, school, anything else? Um, there's myself and my husband and we have two daughters who are nearly 11 and nearly 9. They're already planning their birthday parties. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, so obviously my two girls are in primary school five days a week and my husband works five days a week and I work four days a week. Excellent. What are your parenting superpowers? 
I'm probably the organiser of the family, the diary keeper, the, the one who generally knows who has to be where, when, not necessarily all the doing all of the running around but keeping track of everybody's schedule and even all the social kind of engagements for the family as a whole yes <laughs> so yeah. um not, yeah. not a small task <laughs> so my husband will often say you know he need to refer to the minister for social engagements which is me before <laughs> committing to a, a plan yeah. or an arrangement yeah. and uh, yeah so I'm usually the one that kind of keeps on top of yeah who's where when and how they're going to get there <laughs> So, so how do you do this? Because uh, I hear this more and more often and it certainly works in my house. It's like we have the Google Calendar mm-hmm. and if it's not in the Google Calendar, it doesn't happen. Um, so how do you, how do, you do that organisation? Yeah, I, well, I do have, I have a calendar on my phone. Um, I'm not as savvy as a lot of people I know who have colour-coordinated for each member of the family, for whoever's appointment, a bit like the school calendar that comes out with, yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah, the grade twos are in green and the grade fives are in yellow or whatever it is. Yeah. I'm not that savvy. I just have the name and, you know, so-and-so dance, so-and-so yep. whatever. But if I lose that, then I'm in trouble. Um, it is linked with Google, so I can find, <laughs> find it. <laughs> um, in the past, I've had sort of a term-by-term schedule on the fridge, Mm -hmm. of particularly when it was, you know, who did drop-offs and pickups when there was multiple destinations like school and kindy or those sorts of things. These days it's a bit more steady. Again, when we were first going down that path a few years ago, when particularly when it was a bit of who's where, when, Mm. children, childcare, kindy, is it a kindy day, you know, all that sort of stuff. The days that my husband either did the morning or the afternoon arrangements, I sent appointments to his work calendar yep. so that he knew that he had to leave, you know, so he had from, you know, 4.45 on Wednesday, pick up kids so he wouldn't block anything else in. Yeah, you know? yeah, wouldn't get any meetings scheduled <laughs> uh, you know, and, and which morning he would be in late so he wouldn't schedule meetings or if he knew if something came up, he'd, yep. it, you know, confirm that he needed to change or, you know, switch yep. days with me for something. Yeah. I think he now puts that in his diary of his own accord. Because uh, <laughs> I have been near his phone at times when it's dinged and he's going, oh, look, I've got to pick up the kids. So, <laughs> so And I haven't done it for years. And you haven't done it for a while. So I've obviously yeah. set up a pattern there. <laughs> you've, yeah, you've got him, got him on task. <laughs> um, so what would you say your husband's parenting superpowers are? He's definitely kind of the more fun, spontaneous kind of parent. Yep you know, silly antics at times. He's also very handy and practical. Um, So anything broken from a little plastic tiara up to a trundle bed, dad, fix, you know, can you fix it? What can't, you know, dad will fix it. That's fine, you know. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, and he probably is the one that challenges the girls a bit more in uh, outdoor endeavors kind of way for okay. want of a better word we were recently away doing in the school holidays and doing some hiking and stuff like that and he's the one encouraging them to go a little bit further along the path or look over the edge or yeah. you know in a very safe way I mean yeah, one of yeah. my children gets quite 
anxious when mm-hmm. she feels he's not being safe. He's actually very safe and sensible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he probably challenges them and probably therefore challenges me a bit to do be a bit more intrepid at times, um, yep. which I think is terrific. I think it's really good yep. that they have a parent that does that, whereas I'm probably not push them in some yep. of those endeavours. But, you know, I'll make sure they get somewhere on time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a tricky one, isn't it? Because, I, you know, different kids have just different levels of when their red flags go up and... Mm are not comfortable with things and and so I have yeah three children three different very different personalities Mm. very different approaches to risk and scary things and like yeah you kind of don't want someone to be so averse to risk that that it's kind of impacting their experience on life and so you're kind of trying to guide them in a certain way and then I think like as a kid I was pretty high on that scale of Mm. not feeling comfortable with things and Mm. I think back now to lots of you know of those experiences where yeah. where like they're trying to get the kids to do something and like I would be the only one that didn't do it yeah um like all my brother and sister and cousins and whatever would do something and yeah. I wouldn't um just because I didn't feel comfortable and it's just that kind of balance between understanding because you were mm. that kid as well mm. but then not wanting that to impact their life too much and trying to push them to not do that you know I felt comfortable enough at the time when I was Mm. younger to say no Mm. um and I don't want them to not feel comfortable Comfortable. to say no if it's if it's really you know something they're they're not comfortable with yeah it it is tricky because also I mean I'm conscious that sometimes I seem to surprise my kids like we'll go somewhere and they're like oh mum won't do that and then I will do it and part of me Perhaps if they hadn't said that, I might have not done it. <laughs> but, but I'm like, well, I'm not going to be the non-fun parent, mm. you know, the one that just always sits and watches or doesn't climb the tree or doesn't yep. participate because I actually do like doing, you know, lots of things. Yep. Um, but by the same token, I think it is okay probably to, to, as you say, to almost kind of model that you don't have to do everything. Yep. And if you're not comfortable, it's okay to, mm. you know, kind of say – that's not for me. So it is a bit of a bit of a fine line I find myself in sometimes, and I surprise myself sometimes what I do. Yeah. And I was telling someone the story only recently about it's amazing how sometimes you can how children can make you brave. Right. I'm not a very brave flyer. I, I mean, I've been on lots of flights and things, but I don't like turbulence on a plane. Yeah. Um, it's not your bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not my thing. I don't know. I've never had you know. I've never had any issue. I've always been safely landed. It's all fine. Yeah. But I, I'm really uncomfortable. Um, and before children, like my husband, you know, would be flying somewhere, and I'd be like white knuckles into his thigh or holding his hand, you know, squeezing it as we went through turbulence. But as soon as you're flying with children, mm. you don't want them to see your fear. Yeah. So. Suddenly, I've had to, you know, I'll be very brave. I might be very chatty. I'm like, oh, let's look out the window. Or, yeah. Let's look at the magazine. You just go the other extreme. <laughs> you know, just to, to distract not, myself yeah. um, and not have them seeing me just, you know, having a little mild panic. And, it, it, you know, you kind of kid yourself. And I, I, I've kind of got to a point now where I probably, even if they're not with me on a plane, I feel calmer, you know, whether yep. it's them having that little discussion in my head by myself, I don't know. But it is that you don't necessarily want to impose your fears particularly when it's not necessarily like it's a situation that it is really dangerous yeah you know if it's really dangerous it's fine to show your fear. yes yes it's <laughs> a I, snake yes yeah. please be I scared of I, it i don't want to instill you know a fear of flying into my children when you know i like traveling so, so. yeah yeah <laughs> i don't want them to come paralyzed by flying because they've seen me anxious on a plane mm, um mm, and, and just kind of even without you saying anything just picking up the vibe yeah that this isn't 
are good things. Is yeah. Something I should feel comfortable yeah. with. And so even now, if they, you know, if they're on a plane and there's a little bit of turbulence, I'll be like, you know, and if they start to look, I'm like, it's okay. It's just, you know, I tell, I tell them all the things my husband normally seems to say to me. <laughs> <laughs> we had an interesting experience recently with flying mm-hmm. um, in that we were on a holiday and it involved several different planes mm-hmm. and most of them was like international. So, mm-hmm. you know, big planes. Yeah. And then there was one part of the holiday which involved going on a smaller plane to uh, an island and then another plane back a small plane back and so the one we flew over Mm. to this island was like 13 rows i think yeah and so my my eldest who's the the kind of most nervous Mm -hmm. flyer and just in general is the one that like i said the red flags for her just just kind of go off a bit quicker and she was like Oh, I'm not sure about this plane. Yeah. Like she was going along with it and she was yeah. okay, but she she really didn't like Could it. She wasn't and she's like, this is this is you know smaller plane that I want to go on. And so we just assumed that the flight back, same airline, mm. same everything, it would be the same. And then the plane rocked up and it was tiny. <laughs> <laughs> that's my worst nightmare <laughs> um it was it, we were joking it was almost like a chartered flight oh, wow. because there was the five of us and then there was i can't remember two or three other people on the plane right. and that was it <laughs> and we were seated along the back row not that there was a lot of choices of where you were seated because the plane was small we were seated along the back row and literally you looked over your shoulder and there was all the luggage <laughs> Like within arm's reach. There's no wall. There's just kind of a bit of canvas <laughs> that you can look around. And we get in there and there's nothing between the seats and the cockpit. Like right. often, even on a small plane, you'll get yeah. like a curtain. Yeah. Um, this nothing. nothing. You could literally see what the pilot and co-pilot were doing the entire flight. Mm. And so, so they're like, of course, this, this plane landed. Mm. Um, and my eldest was just like, this plane's very small, isn't it? Like, yes it is <laughs> like you're saying like she was scared and i don't want to show that i was scared but at the yeah. same time this is a blooming small plane <laughs> <laughs> and you're kind of like yeah you do have to um, yeah. be a bit braver <laughs> for the for the sake of yeah not not kind of feeding their fears feeding their fears and making them feel worse mm. at the situation especially when it's a situation you can't well they can't control mm. and realistically it's pretty like it's gonna be safe yeah, you know, yeah, that's right. It's, yes, it's it's not like you're about to do something really, really dangerous. Yes, that exactly. Their fears are totally founded. These, these are just kind of that perceived sort of fear, and and you don't need to really feed that if you don't have yeah, to. Yeah, no, that's right. That's right. It doesn't doesn't. I mean, yeah, obviously your body works and your mind works in certain ways to kind of protect yeah. you. Yeah. But like you're saying, we're flying. It, there's a lot of safety measures. Low risk. Yeah. You don't need to really um, <laughs> indulge that. Yes, yes. And it is that whole. Yeah, try and keep it in check and then yeah, hopefully not pass on those worries. <laughs> yeah. So how is the childcare managed in your household? Who does what when? Well, the kids go to Osh three days a week um, after school and I come home early one day a week and then I don't work one day. So yep. um, that's the mornings we juggle so that they don't have to go to before school Osh generally that's a very sporadic thing but yeah the after school is three days a week and then in the school holidays every holidays is, is different yep. yeah. <laughs> um depending on family or vacation care or our holidays or whatever mm-hmm. so but yeah we have a fairly consistent three days a week for school care that's probably as they get older you know potentially looking to change but 
we'll sort of see how that unfolds. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so with the way that you do things now or how you've done things in the past, do you feel like you had the ability to choose this plan or was it forced upon you for reasons of financial pressure or logistics or expectations of what, um, what role you should have? Um, I think we fairly feel in control about what has happened. I mean, when we first started down the path of childcare, it was, I guess it's, we started a little bit earlier than anticipated because I got offered a spot and, you know, everybody was telling, you know, you get so neurotic about not getting a spot that yep. you'd grab yep. anything. Uh, <laughs> you sort of panic. And we didn't really have a lot of family support. So it was child, uh, paid childcare was really going to be the only way we could do it. So I ended up going back to work probably a little earlier than originally then anticipated. Planned, yeah. uh, but that was only one day a week. So I guess that wasn't originally part of the plan either. It was was more my I anticipated going back two days a week yep. after about a year, and it yep. ended up being one day a week after about nine or ten months. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, then it by the time she was about one, I think is when we got the second day, and so it kind of rolled from there. And then I mean, I guess once you're in the system, it's much easier to add and subtract yes, and change right. the days. Yeah. You know, you, when you're first offered, and they say you have to have Monday, you go, oh, well, I'll take Monday then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and then, but then as you know. As you become kind of in the system, you, there's a bit more flexibility to, to oh, yeah. can we get another day? Oh, by the way, we have another baby. <laughs> can we put her on the list? Um, yeah, yeah. And and that sort of stuff. So generally we've felt reasonably in control. Probably the, the points of limited control are, you know, the switch between formal childcare and uh, like school and OSH and that sort of stuff. And again, having to switch days or wangle, you know, Yep. what the hours are and that kind of stuff a bit. But, um, yeah, we've been lucky that we've generally been able to get the amount of care mm-hmm. that we've needed. Yep. So that's been good. But what about you individually, as in the amount you've worked or not worked? Yeah, or? I've generally been pretty happy with how much I've gone back to work, the, sort of the rate I've gone back to work. Mm-hmm. The one day a week was a bit weird. <laughs> You're sort of there, you roll in, it was a Monday, so you roll in on Monday morning, catch up on everybody's Monday news, go through a week's worth of emails, get a bit of work done, oh, see you, bye, um, you know, the day's gone. Um, I don't know that that was overly effective. Yeah, <laughs> and so, and a working, you know, career, well, certainly not from a career path. Um, when you were saying that, I was kind of wondering, like, <laughs> how you get any work done? Like, because, like, at the moment I work two days a week and I have previously been working two days in one workplace and two days in another. Like, I just feel like I'd, I could achieve a lot more in three days than I yeah. could in two. Yeah. It just feels like you just get into it and then you go again. Yeah. I mean, it's like with one day it would yeah. be even one more day, like that. One day was very weird. And especially because, you know, I was coming back after sort of nine months out. Yeah. So that was a bit, you know, it's just a little bit of a readjustment. But it was only for a couple of months. I think it was only yeah. two or three months. Yeah. And then I was doing two days a week. And that, that wasn't too bad, but it soon became apparent that that, wasn't really enough yeah. for me and for work yep. uh, in terms of I felt that I wasn't kind of able to do what I should be doing. What you needed to be um, doing, And also yeah. to f- partly from an expectation, like work expectation, but also my own expectation of myself and yep. what I'd like to be able to be kind of delivering. Mm-hmm. Um, it was hard to feel like I was achieving what I'd like to yep. achieve in two mm-hmm. days. So 
I went to three days, and I was at three days for quite a few years. I probably can't do the sums in my <laughs> Let's call it five years, shall we? Yeah, five or six yeah, years. Yeah. Um, and that worked quite well. I worked various combinations as we transitioned through different things to which days of the week I worked, mm. um, and I tried various combinations. And three days, three days was pretty good, and it was only the start of this year that – actually felt like I wanted to go back that extra yeah. day. Yeah. It was certainly welcomed at work for me when I put up my hand and said, can I, you know, would it be all right? They're very supportive as well. They said, look, let's, let's give it a, do a six-month trial, see if it's going to work for you in your work-life balance. Because yeah. I have an elderly mother as well who's another sort of dependent. So whilst the kids are at school, I have things that, you know, I need to, to care for with her. And it seems to be working, you know. Yeah. It's, so I, I envisage that the six months is nearly up now. So I'll be looking to extend that. To keep going um, with that arrangement. And that seems to be working. And I will probably extend for 12 months and then kind of revisit and see where things are at. But I'm in no hurry to work more. Yeah. Um, the four days still suits me to have that day off, just to feel like I can stay on top of top of things yeah, outside of things. work yeah, um, yeah. but also feeling like I, I'm kind of stepping up a bit at work as well because yep. I felt like I was not necessarily pulling my full weight for a while primarily because I had other things going on outside work yep. um, which sort of caught me away for the last few years but um, yeah it's it's kind of feels like things are normalized, normalizing a little bit yeah, now yeah so sure yeah it's just good Good. So with the strategy that you've created for your family, Mm -hmm. uh, what do you feel works well? I think sharing drop-offs and pick-ups with school works well. And, well, we're very fortunate we've got flexible workplaces as well. But just having that shared load between the two of us. Also, as the girls are older, they now walk home from school one day Mm -hmm. um, and meet me at home. So that's sort of bought me a bit more time at work I don't have to be at the school gate (laughs) and they are enjoying that little bit of independence themselves Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and I think that's where the push from them is going to come before too long to say well why don't we walk home more and not have to go to Osh (laughs) (laughs) at the moment the Osh works well we're fortunate that generally one of us can get there well within the time frame we've only had I think one experience where we I think it was about 5.59 and 59 seconds that (laughs) went screaming in the door Um, but generally between the two of us we can manage the the hours that are available to us because we don't really have much of a backup plan we don't have family Mm. um that are available we we're fortunate we've got some good friends through the school that and our neighbors who you know in a pinch we could we could call on but generally it's it's sort of working quite well for now <laughs> um and what do you think the downsides of this strategy are i guess i feel at times that i'm on a very tight time budget with work and even though i have sort of two days when i can get in early to sort of make up for the times when i'm in later I'm very conscious of what hours I seem to come and go. Yeah. Um, so there's not much wiggle room for a long lunch or, or yeah, you know, yeah. an extra or late start. I mean, at the like end of, an appointment that you, yeah, have that you can't yeah. get on the You know, so it's – it's I'm, I'm sort of conscious of those sorts of things. And whilst yeah. it's not usually an issue with work to, you know, take a child to an appointment or myself to an appointment or, you know, something else – it is one of those things that I'm sort of conscious that it's not like I'm there for long days in the office. I'm actually yeah. really only just scraping the four out four days. Yeah. And so that's, you know, I often bring home something to read, you know, work type reading or whatever to try and make sure I'm staying on top of things. But that's where I guess the flexibility of the kids being 
either able to be at home alone mm-hmm. more uh, or not being the time constraints of drop off or pick up from Osh would perhaps give that little bit more flexibility and that will come with time you know it's only a you know we've got more flexibility now than we did you know, three or four years ago when you had to walk them into the classroom and, you know, yeah, hold yeah. their hand until you could hand them over to the teacher and then do the reverse at the end of the day. Yeah. Now, you know, you can dump them at the gate and – not dump them at the gate. Kiss them <laughs> goodbye at the gate. <laughs> Wish them a good day. And, um, and you know, as I yeah. said, I now have – on my shorter day of work, I I come home and the girls have walked themselves walked home, home and they're more than happy if they get home before me. They, they can get themselves in and – you know, I'm, I'm very conscious of not running too late, but yep. they're happy and really is probably not much, not long till they'll be happy to type, take themselves to school. School, yeah. Um, and therefore the morning constraints are less. Less, you know. yeah. And then they'll become teenagers. And then they'll be, they, 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 they'll be teenagers and they'll anything. sleep in and we won't be able to leave the house because we're trying to drag them out of bed. <laughs> well, yes, yes, there is that. <laughs> no, yeah, what you're saying about just kind of, yeah, only just getting your hours in is something that I have found, especially when, when I, as I was saying, when I was working two different contracts. So I was yeah. two days in one workplace and two days in another workplace. And just, yeah, being at both of them for two days, you really feel... Yeah, it didn't feel like you had a lot of room to be doing drop-off and then getting in late and, mm. and whatever. It, it, it does make it, yeah. Yeah. You really feel like you're yeah doing the minimum hours as yeah. it is. You feel like you're um, watching the clock a, a lot. And yeah. sometimes you might think, well, well I could stay late today because, you know, my husband will pick them up and that's fine. But I'm actually really tired or I've not got a lot going on in the office today. So I'm not that I'm twiddling my thumbs, but you feel like, actually, I would actually just like to go home now. It's yeah. 5 o'clock. Yeah. Or it's 5.30. I'm ready to go home. I don't really feel like staying here till 6. Yeah. Uh, you know, yes, I could, and I could get some stuff done, but I I tend to think, well, that's, sometimes that's a bit tokenistic if you're just kind of going to sit there in the office to be seen. To be, yeah. <laughs> to you know, to I'd hit ra- the time yeah, clock at that time. Yeah, and I, you know, really I'd rather just productive. go, look, you know, my brain's clocked out for the day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I come in a bit earlier the next day or make it up another time. But it is, I do feel that I've sort of constantly got my little brain on quick, quick bite of lunch or, you know, yeah. just, you know, so that if I do need appointments or I'm going to be in later in another day or something, I'm yeah. not eating too much into the time. Mm. Um, One thing that works okay at the moment with my, where I'm working for two days, um, I do do school drop off one day and where I work is about half an hour's drive mm-hmm. away. So obviously that means not starting yeah. at nine. Yeah. Um, it's just not going to happen. So what we have one, one of the days that I'm out there at work, one of the children do a after school activity mm-hmm. that doesn't finish until 6.30. Mm-hmm. So I can get into work later. Yep. Then my husband picks everyone up yep. from Osh and childcare, gets that child to the activity, mm-hmm. then comes home, does tea and stuff. And then I can really leave any time up to six o'clock. Yeah. Because I'm, someone needs to be out of the house yeah. to pick her up. Yeah. It's just easiest if I stay at work late because yeah. I've started late yeah. and do the pick up on the way home. Yeah. And that equally works because then my husband doesn't have to get the tea mostly made and then get everyone the back in the car to go and pick her up to come back yeah. and then just, you know, get back into finishing tea or yeah. whatever. It's just like, you know, silly to do that. So that works quite well. Mm. It's like having the, the late, later pickup, yeah. um, later than what I should be. And then just kind of making the, the hours work for that. And so then I can, like if I, 
um, if I get a good run with traffic that morning mm. or we just get to the school gate a bit earlier. Mm. I can quite easily do extra work and yeah. I can even drop in at a supermarket on the way home yeah. and still get all that. Yeah. And it's, yeah, kind of helps with the not feeling like you're on the minimum mm. time all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's contracts. So it doesn't like, if I work less, I just get paid less. So it's <laughs> yeah. like, no one's really that concerned. <laughs> like they just pay me what I work. But still, you, you, yeah. you, you've got um, objectives that you're yeah. trying to achieve. And, yeah. and if you don't feel like you're there enough to, yeah. to achieve those, you, you're not feeling, you know, like it's working well. Yeah. Okay, so over the years, what have been some of the other variations or combinations you've had um, with childcare and work and that kind of thing? Yep, probably the main variation that we had from the very standard paid long day childcare, mm-hmm. um, my husband taking uh, working four days a week, was the kindy years, yep. uh, <laughs> which are always a little bit chaotic yep. um, with the shorter day and the no access to OSH type facilities. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, we had uh, very good friends who have children the same ages as my two who were going to the same kindy. And so I came to an arrangement that for the two long days of kindy, mm-hmm. two or three, <laughs> one day uh, she would pick up my child each, yep. whichever year it was and have that child till about 5 or 5.30 whenever we came back through from work mm-hmm. and then the other day the other long day was my early finish day which I've sort of consistently had since sort of the kindy days yep. and so I would do the pick up and I would actually pick up her child at that time and drop that child home because she yep. had generally had younger children at home as well so we paid her for effectively for a few hours of childcare yep. once a week she also the year that my uh, my older child was at kindy. She that was the first year after my husband went back to work full time. Mm-hmm. So she minded my younger child one day a week, one of the kindy days must have been. <laughs> and again, we paid her so that again, my my daughter, younger daughter, only had to have um, childcare two days a week. And this was kind of like family daycare, effectively, yeah, yeah. Um, in an environment she was very comfortable in. Yeah. On that third day, and again, we would. Yeah, we paid her and so that was for that year and then when my younger one was at kindy she just did the afternoon that one afternoon a week for us which was very helpful because it meant that my kids could actually go to kindy rather than do kindy through childcare. yeah and I was really the the kindy they went to we were really pleased with Mm. um and it just kind of gave us that little bit of extra flexibility and in an environment where I was very good friend the kids very almost like family. Yeah, you know we don't have family in Adelaide, but these are the this is the closest thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I was very comfortable. You know, you're not there going, mm, is everything okay? Is yeah, my child yeah. being a rat bag? Is you know, is my friend coping? You know, I was t- totally confident with that the whole thing. The whole arrangement was was yeah. was good, was and I hope it worked well. You know, <laughs> she was happy with it. And then yeah, and then obviously once school started, we just sort of got into the OSH sort of system, system, um, yeah. and and things. So, but it was it was very handy having having that option mm, during you know during yeah, those, yeah. that year 
that kinder year times two. <laughs> yeah, and I guess the one of the advantages of that is it's not rigid hours. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you do get stuck in traffic at work yeah. or yeah, it's fine. someone runs into she your just car on the way the home table for my child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's and not – you. Know, I mean, you're obviously trying to get there so yeah. she doesn't have them forever. Yeah. But in an emergency or yeah. in, a, in a pinch, um, yeah. you're not having to yeah. get there yeah. at a certain time. time. Otherwise, you're going to shut the door and more. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. And it was – also, um, I mean, we were very fortunate, but if she had sick children, she'd let me know and I yep. would just have a, have the child at home, my daughter at home that day, um, or see if I could get her into childcare because yep. we were in the childcare system. We could, system you could, sometimes you, you could get a, you know, you could get, you could get a random notice, day. Yeah. And likewise, obviously, if my daughter was sick, I wouldn't send her to her because I didn't want her kids to get sick. sick. But it had the benefit of if she didn't care for my child we didn't have to pay whereas in childcare obviously you pay yeah, whether they're sick pay. or not yeah, yeah. <laughs> whether they're there or not yeah so that was a really good arrangement we we're very fortunate to have that as an option that sort of really helped over those tricky years <laughs> <laughs> yep so out of your current and past versions of how you've organized work and family which do you think worked the best it's interesting on in hindsight looking back childcare was so straightforward you know you could drop them there at any time yep. usually you know we were usually there before eight and pick them up you know we were, we were usually there by five thirty. we were yeah. conscious of not being too late but it was one place and you know um, you didn't have to pack lunch you didn't have to pack lunch you just had to have you know clean clothes and <laughs> yeah. it, it 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 was quite sort of straightforward uh, I mean we were fortunate that well, that we got a spot and then we sort of stayed with that childcare centre yeah I think we were there in total about five or six years you know between them all finishing mm-hmm. I mean it worked for us then I mean I don't well, obviously that environment wouldn't suit my children now but I think in hindsight it was quite a simple arrangement yeah. it's only once you progress into the kindy and the school years that obviously as more activities and more things start happening in your life mm. um there is the more who's where what's the drop-off times who goes where and up you know and what, we're now in the after school activities, activities. Yeah. i mean this we've we've changed our rosh days through the winter terms this year because of after school sports training yeah so that that fits on an on osh day so that they can do the training and then go to osh rather than you know, and then yeah. still have two days after school at home and, and things like that. But, yeah, but that said, I mean, we're very lucky to have the option for the OSH and uh, vacation care if we, you know, if we need it and that yeah. sort of stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> it is, it is. You don't realise until yeah. you get to other arrangements that, yeah. it, that it is easier. I've actually mostly used family daycare, at which point, I mean, it's not school level, mm. but you're still packing lunches, you're sending nappies when they're in nappies, you're sending milk, mm. if they're having milk. And so other than maybe, I don't know, a few months when my eldest was really young, we've only just recently started using a more conventional long daycare mm-hmm. and sending to a child somewhere without packing lunch. <laughs> And where stuff's supplied. Yeah. I'm like, wow. <laughs> this is a revolution. This is a revolution. But like, don't get too used to it because she'll be in kindy next year and, and, and then, then you'll yeah, be back the, to like. You're on the train but, again. Of- <laughs> I mean, like, she's going to family daycare as well. Mm. So we kind of have those days. But it's just like, oh, wow, this is a. <laughs> It's a luxury. Yeah. I can just drop her off. Yeah. Barely need like spare clothes and yeah. good. Yeah. It's all easy. <laughs> it's all easy. And I was like, I didn't realise how how much easier it was <laughs> until I actually experienced it. So what do you think will be your family's next step in the evolution of your work and family life? I can't see work 
arrangements changing much. I'm happy not working full-time. I'm happy to stick it at four days a week. Mm -hmm. And I think my husband is happy with his five days, you know, full-time arrangements, you know, pending winning, winning the lottery. So I think from that perspective, our time commitments will probably be largely the same for the next couple of years at least. Yeah. Probably the biggest change we'll have ahead of us is high school, which is only 18 months away. Yeah, um, yeah okay. Where Osh is suddenly not on the table. Yeah. But, you know, my older daughter will only be 12 when she heads off there. And so it'll be the juggle of school bus, public bus, how do yep. we get to school? Two schools, you know, juggling. I'm enjoying yeah. having the you know, both in the same place. For quite back a while. To two, yeah, for quite a while. Back to two different locations. But obviously with the added benefit of her being more independent. Yeah. And obviously but also juggling will you know, we've got one who will be able to walk home from school but she'll be walking on her own and yeah, you know, have, where you previously know, she yeah, wasn't. Yeah. You know, um but whether we you know, we've know various people who live within walking distance, whether we, you know, try and team up some walking yeah, you know, team walking. I kind of have to just kind of see how that evolves because, I mean, I can see that there'll be complaints from the younger one of saying, "Why are to be Osh till five if you know if my sister can come home from yeah, the bus?" Well, if at, you know, and been... she she walks in the door at four, but then you know she walked home by herself. I guess we're just going to kind of see what unfolds. Um, yeah, it would seem like you were taking that away. If she's yeah. doing it now, yeah, and then her sister goes yeah. to high school. And she's and like, well, when she was in year five, she did it. I'm like, well, yeah, but she had you, you know. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, it is, that's a bit of the unknown and also, you know, what after-school activities and which days. And so whether we can get to a point where there's less paid after-school care because perhaps it's covered by after-school sport or something at school and then, you know, either walk home or get a lift home with someone else and, you know, older siblings home or that kind of stuff, a bit more juggling them being a bit more independent because, yeah, I mean, it's only three and a half years and then they're both in high school. And then, then, you know, it's juggle it all again. But, yeah, I think it will be that that's sort of the next the next kind of step yep. and just yeah what they're comfortable with and what we're comfortable with mm. um, might be different mm. things at different times <laughs> <laughs> yeah just navigating those waters yeah yes it's not going to be long and it's like they don't want to be seen with you no <laughs> and no mum can you walk on the other side of the road, the road. <laughs> <laughs> whereas now they're still happy to hold my hand as we walk to school so. yeah 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 we're very much still in that that stage <laughs> but yes they're gonna they're gonna get to the point where they're just not happy for that to happen no. <laughs> so in your family's paid work environments do you feel like your family responsibilities are well supported yeah i do and probably talked about it a fair bit through this i'm lucky that i've been allowed the flexibility to i guess increase my workload at my own kind of will mm-hmm. um yeah, <laughs> it's never been i've never yeah. sort of been told you need to work an extra day or you need to work these days. Um, or you have to co- come back full time. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I haven't yeah. had any of those sort of pressures put on me, um, either by my work or uh, out of work, but particularly from work. And my husband's work have been supportive of him mm-hmm. if he's needed time off or just just understanding that you don't necessarily work nine to five every day or yep. 30 to five every day. You might be there different hours, but you get the job done. Yep. Both of our workplaces seem to sort of adhere to that ethos of as long as you're getting the job done, getting the work done, then that's fine. And so that's, that's been good. I mean, obviously with my husband travels, you know, sometimes, but not very often, just throws a little bit things out of whack a little bit, but it's usually not for long. So mm, it's, yep. it's not a big impact 
and certainly it's it's fairly infrequent that we have to sort of just juggle things around that. Yep. But his, his workplace, I think, are conscious of the fact that he's got a family and and that sort of stuff. And, you know, sometimes you've got to go, and go away and do get jobs done elsewhere. But, you know, yep. it's usually only short-term kind of stuff. Um, so you're saying that the rules and also the culture and how people interpret those rules, both of them work quite well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. there are generally people who are supportive of the fact that I've got a family and that I need to, to – I don't work full-time and that I come in late some days and I leave early some days and those sorts of things. And I think generally that approach, not just for me, is reasonably well supported in my workplace, both for, for men and for women mm-hmm. largely, that it's okay to admit that you've got a family and that you'd like to go to sports day or you want to go to assembly or you've got to take your sick child to something. That's generally supported. I think – I think the general ethos is that I guess they're trying to show the, the value of the employees and support the employees so that, that they will stick around because I mean obviously if you treat your employees not very well yeah, then yeah. People, people might be less inclined to stay and I think uh, I am fortunate that I haven't felt like I've been you know, disadvantaged yeah, or yeah. yeah and I mean sometimes I impose my own sort of thoughts of oh gosh have I been there much or whatever yeah but generally it, it hasn't been imposed upon me. Yeah, sure. So in the scramble of work and family life, have you had any funny or disastrous moments? Uh, probably a million. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah, most days. Yeah, no, no doubt we have. We haven't lost or left behind any children for any, you know, significant periods of time. No, we haven't done that at all. Uh, <laughs> we've, we, we've sometimes done things where we reflect back and go, that was sort of a humorous time or moment. We did a trip to Malaysia a few years ago and after a disastrous first night's sleep in this hotel where I think between all of us we averaged about two hours sleep. I don't know why the kids just didn't... They weren't that little, but they just were couldn't sleep yeah um and it wasn't a time difference thing it wasn't i don't know yeah, we were just it was, it was just it was too much going on just didn't anyway work. so we woke up in the morning we were just well i barely say we woke up in the morning we barely woke up because we had barely, <laughs> been asleep. barely been asleep <laughs> and um we were like right we need to get because our children have learned from a young age to read a digital clock um mm-hmm. so that they know when it's an appropriate time to be awake yeah and when it's not an appropriate time to be awake <laughs> um that was a priority for us anyway this hotel we stayed in didn't have a clock, so we're like, right, we'll we'll go and find a we'll go and find a clock radio today, an illuminated clock. So if it's dark, they can wake up, they can see the time. Oh no, I don't need to be awake yet. I can go back to sleep. And go back to sleep. Don't need to call out. Don't need to do anything. I can just go back to sleep, which is what they do at home. I, yeah. I couldn't yeah. tell if they wake up in the night. They just deal with themselves. Anyway, so we we traipsed downstairs, and they were, we were all tired and everything, and they wanted to have a swim in the pool because it was hot. We're like, okay, we'll have a swim in the pool before we go off and find this clock. My older daughter, her first step into the pool, we don't know what happened, but she was suddenly on her bottom with a slice through the bottom of her toe. Oh, gosh. Blood, you know, <laughs> and screaming. And so we're like, oh, my goodness. You know, we're looking. We couldn't find anything that she'd cut her foot on. We don't know what had happened. And we're thinking, oh, no. You know, we've, we'd spent the weeks before we're going away going, let's we're going to the tropics. Let's not have too many open wounds yes, <laughs> you know? yeah exactly let's just keep ourselves unscratched for a few weeks so we get her out and they bandage her up and all of this sort of stuff and then we're like oh we're all tired we're like, oh well we, we need to go out and get some food even yeah, yeah and so we went traipsing out to some 
um, shopping mall thing and we're looking around and we can't find a clock anywhere and she's hobbling around with this sore toe and we're trying to find food and the, everyone was tired and grumpy. So you want simple things. You don't want to be making hard decisions yeah. about choosing food <laughs> in a different place. Yeah. And we were all just shattered. And so eventually we found this, after traps in lots of places, we found this clock that wasn't really right but it was going to have to do. And we got back into the hotel room and we bought more bandaging and things for this toe and I made some comment about, I was, like, I was saying to my husband, I said, it's so surprising how hard it is to buy a clock radio. And he said, yeah, people probably just use their, their phones. And I just went, oh, yeah, they probably just press the button on their phone. And the time comes up and he goes, no, there's probably an app. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, how old are we? <laughs> Everybody that's listening to this probably is going, there's an app on your phone, you silly woman. Um, and so then, of course, we're like, Yes, of course, there's an app that there's glows app. the clock. There's about four million apps that will blow <laughs> the time in whatever colour you like <laughs> all night long. And we were just like, oh, my That's goodness, we just dragged this poor injured, injured child, child and our, all our poor selves with, you know, two minutes sleep. And we just like, oh, my goodness, we feel so <laughs> foolish. <laughs> but ever since then... We have apps on any device we have, <laughs> anywhere we go, get the clock yeah. on. And, oh, my goodness, we, it was just oh, – it was just a, after that, the, the holiday vastly improved. We got a, all got more sleep. The toe healed. It was all fine. <laughs> it was all fine. But it was yeah. – it after a bit of a patchy start. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the lack of sleep kind oh, of yeah. um, contributed to that poor decision. <laughs> yeah. Like, we were you so weren't focused. in the best place. We were so to... focused on we must get a clock and we just didn't even, oh, yeah. <laughs> just ragging yeah. around. <laughs> <laughs> so is your version of family anything like what you thought family would look like before you had children? Yeah, I think it is. I think over the years it's ebbed and flowed a bit. I think as a mum I've been at times different from what I thought I would be. Yep. I think at times I've been more... Mm, het up than I thought yep. what I would be. But other times I've kind of think, oh, I'm a bit more relaxed than I thought I would be. <laughs> or, you know, just a bit different. But generally I think my husband and I have a, are pretty much on the same page with our parenting kind of style yep. and have been from the start, which makes life easier. I guess we've tended to kind of cruise along generally the same way so that we haven't sort of been having to knock at each other the whole time going, hang, hey, mm, mm. So that's probably helped. And I think we've been, generally, it's kind of progressed the way we thought it would. I think both of us had very loving and supportive upbringings ourselves. Yep. And I guess from that, draw our own view of what parents do and how you, how you parent. How you parent, And obviously, yeah. you, you, there's a few things you think, oh, well, I won't do that, like, you know, my mum or dad did or, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's elements of that, but... I think we've generally sort of cruised along much how we thought we would. Yeah. There's probably a few things that have happened. You think, oh, no, I'm sure we never would have done that. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think it's generally been how we, how we well, how I expect it how to be. How you expect it. Yeah. So what advice would you give to someone who is about to enter this family and work stage of life? I think being flexible, prepared to be flexible in terms of what the options are for childcare or work and I guess asking for help or support if you need it whether that's outside of work or even in work being aware of what I don't like the word rights but kind of being aware of what the culture is in your workplace Mm -hmm. and making sure that it sort of fits with you so that um, hopefully you can be in a workplace that 
can support work-life balance and I guess also just keeping an eye out for childcare book in early but also being open to ideas and certainly offers any offers of help and support mm-hmm. whether on a temporary or you know ongoing type basis and I guess if things aren't working to not be afraid to change them I think mm. um, I mean we've been fortunate that we haven't had to sort of chop and change things but I think if something's not working I think it's important to try and look for a way to resolve it if you can whether that's even just by asking for help in the first instance but yeah certainly take any offers of help (laughs) yeah that's that's good advice (laughs) okay well that's it thank you very much no worries Thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you got something out of it. If you want to keep up with what is going on with the podcast, you can like the Facebook page. You can find it at www.headofacodfish.com slash Facebook. Or if you're a fan of podcasts and want to chat about them and get recommendations for other good ones, you can join the Facebook group I've created called Podswallop. To access it, go to www.headofacodfish.com slash podswallop. Click the join group button and once I've accepted your request, you can start chatting. Well, that's it from me. I'll talk to you later when I have episode 20 ready for you.